Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. This is our Take Two series. This is going to be part four today, uh, where we have a guest reviewer come on the show and give their take on a film that Talking Pictures reviewed in the past couple of weeks. Um, this series has been mainly for Oscar-nominated films, just because it's Oscar season. Uh, we, uh, if you go on the archives, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go on the archives, our executive producer looked at Creed. We had a big film buff uh, friend of ours uh, take a look at The Martian. Another film buff friend of ours did uh, looked at The Revenant. Um, this is also for the film lovers out there. So today's guest is going to be he's he's a uh, college professor, he's an actor, a writer, a director, a producer, and so he's going to be uh, reviewing Steve Jobs, um, and we're going to be, he's mainly going to be reviewing it, this isn't really a discussion segment, if, if this is the first time you're joining us, his name is Miles Doliak, and um, we're so happy to, ha- I'm so happy to have him on because this film was a movie that he uh, told me to watch over Facebook, and I checked it out, and I'm going to bring Miles on right now. Hello, Miles. Are you there? I'm here, Paul. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, yes, uh, I was just uh, inter- uh, letting the audience know that um, we've had some, uh, that this is the fourth part of the series, and the other uh, reviewers have been film buffs and film lovers and that you're a um, writer and a director and a producer and an actor and a college professor. And <laughs> I don't know why you know better than I, you know, just as well as I, why a phone would ring all morning. The phone has it wrong. I apologize to you, Miles. Um, That's all right, sir. Yeah, you, we, every filmmaker knows that the second you say roll camera, an airplane comes out of nowhere. Um, so but we're here today to talk about the movie Steve Jobs, which I had to invite Miles on to talk about because he was the one who mentioned to me uh, over Facebook to take a look at it. Um, I wasn't paying attention. I see anything Aaron Sorkin writes, so I was definitely kind of in another state of mind on that. But with that, I want to just give you the floor, Miles, and tell us your take on Steve Jobs. All right. Well, Steve Jobs, of course, um, is a biopic of sorts about the uh, brilliant and egomaniacal uh, founder of Apple, um, whose vision obviously uh, lingers with us today in all of these electronic devices iPhones and such that we are tethered to. Um, The film is directed by Danny Boyle and written by Aaron Sorkin and stars Michael Fassbender as Jobs, Kate Winslet as his long-suffering quote-unquote work wife, Joanna Hoffman, Seth Rogen as Steve Wozniak, who conceived of the Mac in a garage alongside uh, Jobs in the late 1970s and early 80s. Uh, Jeff Daniels plays John Scully, and Michael Stuhlbarg plays uh, Andy Hertzfield, um, Jobs' longtime engineer. Uh, the film is uh, stylishly written and structured, as you might anticipate, of an Aaron Sorkin uh, script. 
uh, it takes place in three distinct acts. Um, each time uh, is uh, a representative of a, a launch of a particular jobs product, beginning in 1984 with the initial launch of the Macintosh. Um, continuing the middle act chronicles the introduction of the next computer in 1988 when Jobs was on hiatus from Apple. And then the film concludes in 1998 with the launch of the iMac. Um, those of us of a certain age certainly remember that computer. It came in orange and green and purple and was sort of the coolest thing on the planet at the time. Um, every, all of the elements of the production um, in these acts are are uh, geared toward a certain feel and, and style. Uh, for example, the Daniel Pemberton score in the first act is uh, scored on synthesizers, almost kind of uh, like a vague Vangelis knockoff, and the score is meant to sound like um, blips and, and kind of computer-type um, things. Um, it, the the first act is shot on 16 millimeter, uh, so it has this wonderful, grainy, kind of gritty feel, um, having taken place in 1984. Uh, the middle section is shot on a glorious 35 millimeter. It has a full orchestral score, and then the uh, the final act, the 1998 launch of the iMac, is shot digitally and, and has a more electronic, more current kind of score. Um, this film is anchored by Michael Fassbender's absolutely brilliant performance. Um, Fassbender is quickly becoming um, one of our finest film actors. I have uh, been impressed with him time and again, his work in, in Shame, and then uh, more recently as Edwin Epps, the absolutely horrifying yet, yet human um, plantation owner in 12 Years a Slave, for which he was also nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, and, and to my mind, he should have won that year. Um, his jobs is, as I mentioned, obviously egomaniacal, impatient as hell, seething with equal parts self-loathing and self-righteousness, but he is utterly magnetic at the same time, uh, the sort of sun around which everyone in his life orbits, uh, whether they like it or not. Um, one thing that some people have taken exception to in the film is that these these uh, vignettes, if you will, chronicle only these very specific parts of Jobs' life as he's backstage preparing for the launches of these uh, various products and the, the sort of uh, pressure cooker atmosphere, um, which I think is very interesting because you really see Jobs' character in these heightened situations where uh, it's absolutely essential that he's on his A game and he's obviously an A type uh, go, go, go kind of personality and that part of his personality in, in Fassbender's portrayal is exacerbated and accentuated and heightened by these very high pressure situations that the film puts him in. Um, uh, some critics have said, hey, well, we don't really get inside the guy. We don't get a whole lot about his personal life outside of the relationship with his daughter, uh, which, he, which he doesn't quite, is not quite ready to claim Lisa, who we see in, in each section of the film. Um, Sorkin answers those criticisms by saying that, that his portrait of Jobs is impressionistic. It's, and I'm quoting him now, it's a painting instead of a photograph. Um, so he's not 
going for, you know, absolutely real life uh, to the historical letter of of what Steve Jobs was doing and saying and thinking in, in these various circumstances. The, the dialogue is entirely created um, from Sorkin's imagination. But it's certainly, if it is an impression, it's it's a very fine impression, and it's an impression that, at least based on my um, knowledge of Jobs, uh, seems very, very true to life. Um, the reason to see this film is is really the acting. The performances from top to bottom are absolutely top-notch, beginning with Fassbender, who is absolutely glorious, um, playing this kind of uh, humane monster um, who is is you see you see his magnetism you see the power of his personality you see why people both gravitate toward him and are repelled by him at the same time and it's a performance that reminded me uh in many respects of brian cranston's work in a, a great television show breaking bad um um, it's it's difficult to play these kinds of characters who are not very likable in many respects, but we have to the, the filmmaker's job and the actor's job, the screenwriter's job is to to find their magnetism, find the those the secrets, the undercurrent that is absolutely essential, quintessential to their success. I and mean, Jobs was obviously a visionary. He uh, insisted sometimes to his own professional detriment that Macintosh, that Apple be a closed system, incompatible with with outside accoutrement. And people told him he was crazy, of course, for a long time. Um, and now that looks like uh, a, a stroke of absolute genius based on the ubiquity and the success of Apple and, and its products. Um, and you just you just see that single-mindedness in Fassbender's performance Um from scene to scene to scene. The best scenes in the film are the scenes between Fassbender and Kate Winslet, who probably gives uh, one of the better performances of her career as Joanna Hoffman, uh, his assistant, his conscience, uh, if you will. Um, She is absolutely stellar. And nominated for the supporting actor, supporting actress, rather, uh, Oscar, uh, alongside Fassbender, nominated for, for the best actor, Oscar. Uh, Seth Rogen um, doing his best at playing a serious role as the schlubbish uh, Steve Wozniak. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job. Jeff Daniels is always compelling. Stuhlbarg, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite character actors at, the, at Andy Hertzfield, uh, who's just trying to deliver every ridiculous request that Job makes, Jobs makes along the course of the film. Um, and he's, he's so vulnerable and funny and... Um, it's really, really a terrific, terrific performance. Um, yes, Danny Boyle uh, has a great deal of panache uh, as a director. Um, at, at times, that panache is a bit obvious on the screen. He obviously uh, enjoys weird camera angles and putting text uh, on the screen and and some sort of stylistic stuff that, that to my mind, is is a little bit of special pleading. It's trying a little bit too hard uh, to show just how flashy uh, his direction is, and that coupled with the with Sorkin's you know crackling stylish dialogue uh, at times can make the film feel uh, just a just a little polished and filmy and 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 in your face. Um, 
the the performances uh, ground the film to such a degree and elevate the proceedings to such a degree that I think it's it's a, it absolutely would would wind up on my top ten list for one of the best films of the year. I love the fact actually that it does not aspire to tell us the entire story of Steve Jobs, but rather these fascinating vignettes within that story, not unlike the way Steven Spielberg approached the life of Lincoln and and didn't try to you know eat the whole elephant, but just take one small bite of it and flesh that out and explore that and, and what that told us about this particular individual's uh, psyche and personality and relationships. And that's... Uh, basically, what Sorkin script uh, and Boyle's film is doing as well. We don't we don't get the entire picture of Steve Jobs, but what we do get makes us want to know more and understand more, um, and figure out just just what it is about this guy uh, that has us still talking about him and his products and his vision, in spite of his. Uh, obviously rocky and difficult relationship with the company that he founded, Apple. And um, I think Fassbender delivers the the brilliance, the arrogance, the pathos, the pain, all of the things that, uh, the hubris, all of the things that made this guy tick and, 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 and leaves us at the end of the day, as the film does, uh, wanting more. And I think that fact is the mark of, of any great piece of art. So I would, uh, I would certainly give uh, Steve. I, I think I give the film an A minus, um, an A in terms of its acting, um, and uh, an A minus in, in terms of its uh, of the overall production. Um, um, I, I like the, I like the, um, the thought behind the various uh, technical mediums that are that that the filmmakers use. From the 16 millimeter to the 35 millimeter to the digital, uh, I think Arwen Kukler's, uh cinematography is is perfectly serviceable, and and although he's not given quite as much latitude and room to play as he did in his previous collaboration with Danny Boyle on Sunshine, the score by Daniel Pemberton I think is very effective, as is the uh, art direction by Peter Bork and uh, Luke Freeborn. Um, but at the end of the day, you go see this film to watch these gorgeous duets between Michael Fassbender and Chief Winslet, uh, two of the finest actors of our time, and they are at the top, tip-top of their game here. So that's my well, that's, take, Paul. That's a great, that's a really great assessment, and I, I wanted to uh, add something to what you are saying, but, um, you know, Aaron Sorkin, to me, you always get the top notch, <clears throat> excuse me, of what it is, whatever he's writing about, um, like the set, like when Roger Deakins says, uh, there's good cinematography, bad cinematography, and then cinematography that's right for the film. I think Sorkin, um, it interested me that he would do Steve Jobs because he had done, uh, of course, Mark Zuckerberg for The Social Network and then Billy Bean uh, for Moneyball. So to take another um, kind of biopic and have to capture the essence of someone. Um, the only thing I knew about the film when you had told me, told me to watch it was uh, that Sorkin wrote it. So I didn't look up who directed it. I didn't look up who was going to appear in the movie. So it was a delightful surprise. And um, I want to thank you for saying, telling me to watch that. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, if you had the mo time, mo moment um, in this category, uh, if you've seen any of the other 
performances or uh, since we've talked about Fast Vendor, uh, who do you, who, what's your call for the Oscars? Um, I mean, I think uh, Leo is going to win. Um, I, I, my, my pick would be uh, Fast Vendor. Um, but it seems like it's it's Leo's year. Everyone has acknowledged that he's he's won a lot of the. Um, uh, the the preliminary awards and critics awards and the the only other actor who seems to have won anything um, other than Leo is Fassbender, but I mean to me it seems like it's the the coronation of Leo is on um, and I enjoyed his work very much in The Revenant um, I I found it very very solid uh, although I I also thought he was a bit upstaged by the work of uh, Tom Hardy, which was just exquisite in that film. Um, uh, the, the other performances are, are are all solid. I mean, Matt Damon uh, carries The Martian sort of like Tom Hanks did in Castaway some years ago. And, and to make a film that's two hours plus that is effectively, I mean, with the exception of a handful of scenes, one actor by himself talking to himself or talking to his radio or talking to his GoPro camera it is is quite a feat um but at the end of the day you know Eddie Redmayne won last year uh not that actors don't win back to back as Tom Hanks did with Philadelphia and Forrest Gump um I think Brian Cranston is still sort of being seen as transitioning from television uh to film and so I don't think he's going to receive serious consideration this year um, so I, I think it comes down to Leo and Fassbender and there seems to be a sense in the community that it's Leo's time. Uh, I don't think it's, the, it's the top performance of the year. Uh, but I do think Leo is being rewarded for, for having, uh, a long and, and generally excellent career. He's, he seems to give fine performance after fine performance, especially of late. I've enjoyed his work and, um, Many of the things I've seen him in lately, including Wolf of Wall Street and Django Unchained, um, and the little scene but very solid Shutter Island. Um, so it, it, it appears to be his time, um, but man, Fast Fender's time has got to come soon because the performances that he's turning in, just one right after another, uh, are, it really deserves a measure of recognition if anything does. Yes, I, I, I'd agree with you on the um, of the five. The last one that I saw was The Danish Girl, and I know Spencer Tracy, and like you said, Tom Hanks have won back-to-back Oscars. Um, I don't see it happening for uh, by any means for uh, The Danish Girl, and I think it really does come down to, if there was an upset over Leo, that it would be uh, Fassbender and Steve Jobs. I think Trumbo, there's enough of a history there with the Academy, uh, given what they did to him, and uh, what he subversively did back to them. Um, uh, that's a great performance. Like you said, Brian Cranston, I think he's just like Mr. Emmy, so it's not time to be Mr. Oscar yet. But um, right. yeah, I and The Revenant. For anyone out there, uh, you know, The Revenant is a great film as well. Um, a lot of people, you know, it is violent, but just I always tell people, it, if you open your eyes, you can close them. So it's not a <laughs> right. piece of art. Um but, uh, we, in, in a way, to me, the Revenant is like the, it's the diametrical opposition to Steve Jobs. The Revenant is 
so gorgeous and so beautifully shot. I mean, and it's it's all about its cinematography. It's all about its production design. It's all about its music and this sort of uh, production value. Um, Steve Jobs is about words and performances, you know, and um, The Revenant is more about this, you know, visual extravaganza that you're you're enjoying. Um, the, of course, Emmanuel Lubezki, who won last year for Birdman and uh, Alejandro Inarritu, uh, they definitely have this incredible visual sense that's on display in The Revenant. But at the end of the day, it feels to me like a glorified man versus nature movie with really good production values. So, uh, you know, the, the film itself, uh, I, I wouldn't put it up there with uh, some of the better films I've seen this year, like Spotlight or The Big Short uh, or, or, or even Steve Jobs. It, in spite of the fact that I think it is expertly executed in the technical sense. Yes, I'd, I'd like to see Ben. I'd like to see Winslet. I, I did like uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in The Hateful Eight, but I'd like to see Winslet. And to me, like again, since I didn't know it was a, it was the shock. Um, I'm not talking down to him or about him, but uh, to see Seth Rogen in an Aaron Sorkin script with Kate Winslet, you know, with no fart jokes and no, you know, <laughs> right. references and no dope being passed around. It was kind of like, whoa, you know, where's this coming from? So that was a nice little surprise that I know Jonah Hill cracked into it with Moneyball and Brad Pitt and then took it to the next level with a second Oscar nomination with playing off of Leo and the Wolf of Wall Street. So it showed that Rogan could get in there with with the bigger names too. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been really great talking with you, Miles. We appreciate it. Um, as you know, you're always welcome uh, on the show. Uh, I was telling the audience you are our first podcast guest, and I, I have to look in the archives. I think this is episode 62 or 63. So we are thankful wow. to be here. And I've told you before, but our production team wanted you to know that we're thankful that as a guest, uh, you took a shot on us and it, you know, spawned other filmmakers coming on. So, you know, we want to thank you for that. Well, it's my pleasure, Paul, and uh, I'm happy to come on and chat anytime. And uh, hopefully you and I will be talking about the release uh, or the festival debut of my new film, The Hollow, in the not-too-distant future. Yes, for sure. We'll do that. We'll be in touch, Miles, and you have a fantastic day and enjoy the time till till, till the Oscars. Thank you, sir. You too. Aloha. Bye-bye. Always great to talk with Miles. He was our first guest, as we said, and um, uh, just a, a very nice guy. Met him at a film festival, uh, Dances with Films. Not this, uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago. I had seen his film, The Historian, with William Sadler, and that was a great film, and uh We've stayed in contact, so we are thankful that he reviewed that film. As always, it's great to have listeners. The numbers are going up. The areas that, that it's being heard, we appreciate all of it. We take none of it for granted. And I'm going to close with how I always do. Have a wonderful day, wonderful evening. Whatever you're going to do, make sure and watch a good movie tonight. Aloha. <laughs>